All right, guys, what's the over-under that we're setting on this podcast? I'm going to call him Justin Blackman instead of James Blackman. I'm, I think two is a fair line. As a Jacksonville Jaguars homer who saw that draft pick flop, I think <laughs> you will probably do it at least once. But I've also tried to push it far out of my mind, too. Have you had any confusion, Bob, with the uh, the Justin James Blackman? We've had we've had reporters ask Jimbo about Justin Blackman already. So as I've been running it this week, I've been trying to be conscious of saying James and spelling Blackman with all A's instead of going Blackman. Mm-hmm. Blackman. Yes, I, I'm very the, the, that that I've gotten down yeah. is the Blackman and Hawkman. They both had man at the end. Someone told me to re- remember it like it's a superhero. So that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I haven't had an issue with it. I, you know, dealt with him as a high school kid, so I'm used to him at this point. Think you're better than me? No, I'm just <laughs> I don't transfix names as much as you do. Uh, anyways, welcome to the Knowles 24/7 podcast. This is Brendan Sinone. Joining me, Chris Nee, Bob Ferranti, uh, Josh Newberg was planning to join us today, but he's down in St. Pete, Tampa area, and I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's a giant hurricane that that. May hit Florida directly, may kind of go off the the East Coast, who knows, Uh, but that has uh, affected us up here in Tallahassee for what we're doing professionally, which is covering football, Florida State's game against University of Louisiana Monroe. How many times am I going to call them Louisiana Lafayette this podcast, too, I think is another good over-under, but ULM is going to, uh, that game's been moved to noon on Saturday. Uh, to get people out of the way and settle back home before uh, before the storm does come up the coast. So, anyways, Josh isn't here, but we have Chris Nee knows a thing or two about recruiting. So we're going to start off with recruiting talk before kind of transitioning to a brief game preview for ULM. It's not a whole lot to preview. It's more internal Florida State stuff. So, Chris, uh, the Alabama game was supposed to be, at least they thought, a good opportunity to get a lot of big-name recruits uh, for, I don't know if it's an unofficial visit or whatever because it's a neutral site game. Uh, but there were some travel issues. I guess it maybe wasn't what Florida State was necessarily thinking it was going to be. Is that fair? Well, they got a few guys up there. I mean, we know Justin Fields was there. We mentioned Trevor Lawrence was there, but I wouldn't really call him an FSU target. I feel like Field, or I'm sorry, Lawrence is fairly solid to Clemson. Yeah, the Josh um, has kind of beat the drum a little bit that that yeah, is something to not. It's a name to remember, but I don't think it's a guy that's going to matter in this process for FSU. I think Fields is a that's name the quarterback, to know quarterback but, yeah. and I don't think there's really another name there. But uh, Fields was there. Jalen Waddle was there. He took it in from both teams' vantage point. Quite a few Georgia boys because it was local for them were there, about 18 and 19 kids. Obviously, FSU's very active in 2019 with Georgia. But then there were guys like Tommy Bush, wide receiver from Texas. Tommy had told me Dayton back to when he visited FSU over the summer that him and his family intended to go to the game. And they had booked tickets. Everything was done. They had gotten the tickets lined up with FSU. But because he's from Shirts, Texas, which is – in relation to Houston, that's the airport yeah. for them. They were unable to get out. He uh, let me know that they just had complications with the flight and they were unable to do it. So he had to watch it at home. He enjoyed it. Disappointed for Francois. But, you know, he talked a little bit about that. Said that him and his family made it out from Hurricane Harvey fairly well, but, you know, had to deal with the lasting effects that Houston is still going through. Yeah. But, yeah, so you had that. And that's fairly normal with visitors. You know, a lot of kids will say, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going. But when comes time to get there either their ride falls through or they just you know they banked on being able to go when they weren't able to but in general i think it was a success for fsu despite the loss and not really playing exceptionally well in every phase mm-hmm. of the game i think kids enjoyed watching them compete with Alabama. i think if you were there and you witnessed that game and you watched fsu in action that you understood that they're right there with being yeah. i mean if not for special teams being the cluster that it was that's a very tightly played game. Yeah, if you two look out of at three offense and were, defense, yeah. both teams played each other fairly equal. So I don't think it damaged FSU with kids. Um, 
And, you know, guys are going to kind of focus on certain things. You know, defensive end is going to kind of watch what does FSU do with their defensive ends. How are they doing against an opposing O-line? And they're going to do that for each position. So it's not always just watching for a win or a loss for a team. It's sometimes a little more, you know, fine-tuned towards what they want to learn about the university they're interested in. With that in mind, uh, let's talk about Justin Fields. Uh, first, you were up there. So let's, yeah. you were up there to watch the game. And then after, I want to ask you another question about Fields. But what did you see? You were up there to watch him on Friday night before the Alabama game. Me and Greg Oyster. Oyster is one of our photographers. Yeah. He's a big recruiting fan in general, too. He, uh, he wanted to go see him, so he talked me into it because we were already up there Friday night staying at my brother's place. And we decided to ride over. We went to North Cobb. That's where they were playing. And Justin was everything he is. I mean, I saw him at the opening. I've seen him before. I know he's an extremely talented kid. But in the team setting, the game setting, he impressed the heck out of me. He got banged up. He got hit pretty hard. He had a couple fumbles, one of which was just simply a guy putting the helmet on the ball as he was trying to extend the play. And the other one, I think it just kind of slipped out of his hand. It was a rainy game situation. It rained during the first quarter. But he had numerous passes that were very impressive. His passing stats weren't great on the evening, but there was a drop ball and a long ball. There was a long ball where he went for it and it slipped out of his hand and fell short. So the stats were kind of skewed to the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the watching him rep to rep making throws in that game, I was ultra impressed with the throws he decided to make, the way he went about trying to make them, the way he did make them, the way they were put into play. It didn't always result in the play it could have been, mm-hmm. but he can make every throw you want to see a guy make. And then the most impressive thing in that game because of the rainy weather and just the defense they were playing and whatnot, he ran his ass off. He was phenomenal. He had a 72-yard touchdown run when he was already kind of banged up, so he was on one good wheel. He had multiple plays where he extended it on a stretch and working to the edge. He's good. I mean, he, he's ultra-impressive. He's very impressive in the team dynamic as far as guiding an offense, leading an offense, even-killed kid, very mature kid. I was just really, really impressed with him. I spoke briefly with his father on the field afterwards. As we've discussed before, they're very serious yeah. about things. They're not, you know, it's not a whole lot of chattiness. It's just... You know, this Super is what's going on. Business-like is the you know, phrase I, that Josh is like to. I told him I, I was impressed by the way Justin played. I asked him if they had scheduled any officials yet. He told me they had not. Justin doesn't have a game this week, so I'm interested to see if he might go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is you don't really know it Justin until he shows up or, you know, the family lets you know he's on the way. They want to kind of keep it secret. And they may not even let you know that he's in the parking that, lot. Yeah, exactly. That's not what happened in the spring. Yeah, uh, in yeah. the summer. I mean, yeah. it got out oh, when the they were coming too, in July right. for camp. It got out that they, that they were coming, but they didn't want it out. No. It, it was the family's preference that that was not put out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Justin, Chris, you mentioned that different position groups are going to you know, focus and watch their position. For, for for Justin Fields specifically, like he has, I'm definitely going to say Justin Blackman. Now we're talking about Justin Fields. This is totally planted. But when when he for his recruitment, he's talked about it specifically throughout this. He wants to watch how quarterbacks are used for Georgia, for Auburn, mm-hmm. for Florida State. Um, so in the context of Alabama, I'm not trying to be douchey here, but you know, DeAndre Francois leaves the game with the, his his kneecap torn up. Yeah, um, he was sacked three times. The offense line did well. Um, but how do you think? And this without talking to him, but how do you think the performance of, of in the context of Alabama for him to soak that up to see how FSU used his quarterback? Do you think that was something that was positive? Was it kind of iffy? No, I, I think he probably left the dome comfortable with what he saw from the FSU offense. He and his father have commented in the past that they know what FSU's offense is. Mm-hmm. Out of the big three, them, Auburn, and Georgia, there's other schools in there, but those are kind of the three that everybody focuses on. 
I think he knows more about FSU's offense than the other two without shadow of doubt. I don't think anything in the dome changed what the offense looks like. Um, I don't think it left him with a negative feeling. Obviously, seeing a kid get hurt in a season come oh, to yeah, the end yeah. is disappointing, but I don't think he's going to put himself in that place and they go, God, that's me. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's how he operates. Um, it, so I, I don't think it hurt him. I think the biggest storyline of the weekend is obviously there's going to be some depth chart watching. Anytime you're a recruit and you want to come in, you want to know what you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think Justin, I'm presuming here, always viewed it as it's Francois and kind of opened yeah. after that. Well, that's all changed now. You yeah, know? Well, now we're going to see what happens. Obviously, you don't want to crown Blackman the champion, but he's the next guy up. He's getting a shot as a true freshman. That's kind of getting your foot in the door early. So it's interesting. It changes the dynamics. Same thing happened at Georgia with Eason getting hurt mm-hmm. and Fromm stepping in. And Fromm's obviously a more highly regarded kid. So I think it's very interesting to look at the two schools that everybody thinks it's truly between everything changed in, 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 in a, a matter, matter of a week, one yeah. half of football for each or two <laughs> half of football for a each game. of them they call it, it they call it a game yeah I mean, it's just it's nuts it's it, it will be interesting to me to see with fields you're just not sure when it's going to happen it, he could it, commit today for all we know yeah not but to if be he's said, truly going could, to wait it will be interesting be to see if he kind of opens it up broader mm-hmm and more schools get in. His dad's talked about other schools being involved and stuff, but everybody disregards it. They just look at FSU Georgia and to a slightly lesser degree Auburn, mm-hmm. and then it's a big leap to the next one. I'm interested to see if this thing continues, if it becomes even more schools beyond those, and also how to play a black man to play a from impacts his thoughts on those two schools that he's so heavily involved with. Yeah. And he's obviously watching Stidham. He's developed a good relationship with Jarrett Stidham at Auburn. Yeah. So he's obviously watching him, but I think he knows what Auburn is. Mm-hmm. He's a kid that's very close to Cam Newton. He kind of knows what Auburn does. He doesn't want to be running to the ground, even though it's such an asset for him from an ability standpoint. So I think he's a little hesitant with some of the stuff that Auburn will do with a quarterback where they run him a lot. But if Stidham's in there and he's more of a pocket guy going down the field, I think it changes sort of the way you view Auburn. Yeah, that's yeah, you know sense. where they're not running a guy to death. Auburn's quarterback situation has been so jumbled the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. finally is a steady thing. If they go out and play Clemson really well, and Stidham looks like a million bucks, that, the that, dynamics that of all of this has changed. Well, that's kind of the period. team that you've been fairly, and I don't know as much lately, yeah, but but you you've been more on Auburn than most people. When he when he walked into FSU in July for his visit, somebody asked me who I thought the two schools were, and I said FSU and Auburn. Now every Georgia fan wants to kick me in the face when I say that because they entirely disagree, and I get it. Georgia is certainly a player in this, mm-hmm. and I've changed my tune a little bit from that point to now because some of the comments he made in an interview with Jeff Sintel is one that I always kind of go back to. It was clear that Georgia is a significant player with him, but I just feel like the dynamics of the Auburn offense fits him better than any other school. Mm-hmm. Even though there was a Big Ten coach in Steve Wilfong's piece this week saying he looks like an FSU quarterback, he plays like an FSU nah, quarterback. I don't know that, that To me, his skill set, so. what he does, out of those three, Auburn is one where he fits it perfectly because he is such a weapon with his legs. Not that FSU and Georgia wouldn't use him in such a fashion, but it's sort of just a natural fit with Auburn. So I've always kind of felt like they're more significant of a player than the other two at in that sense of kind of plug and play in the offense. We're going to see, I mean, like you said, the dynamic for his recruitment had his potential to take a very, very yeah. sharp turn because of what we're seeing with Georgia and with Florida State. And then let's use that as a opportunity to transition to this week's game and, and the first career start for James Blackman at quarterback with DeAndre Francois down. Uh What's interesting to me is, is you know, one for that recruitment aspect. Like, yeah, if, if James Blacken comes out and is dealing, then all of a sudden the need for a quarterback this class not as 
not as significant, but that's also um, expecting a lot. So I guess let's go into it. What, what are our thoughts on on what James is and what he's going to be this week and what he is long term? Have we gotten a feel at least for, for what, how Florida State's viewing him? I think they view James as a guy who is incredibly capable and calm and confident in what he can do. I think, you know, physically we've seen the videos of him. We've seen him in practice. He's got a really good arm. He's got an over-the-top throwing motion. We're not going to see as many batted-down balls at the line of scrimmage like DeAndre had a little bit of that problem because yeah. he's not as much of an over-the-top guy. And he's 6'1", 6'2", and James Blackman 6'5". So it's a yeah. huge advantage for Blackman to be as tall as, say, an offensive lineman. Yeah, he's like Auden Tate's size. Well, not not yeah. not thick. Not thick, height, but, but yeah, height-wise he is. I think he's a really interesting talent, and I, I think the optimism has kind of caught me by surprise that yeah. so many people are so optimistic and, and viewing him as sort of the next long-term starter. I, I think the teammates unanimously are, are incredibly supportive and view him almost as a, as a veteran when they talk about him. They mm-hmm. don't really talk about him like a freshman. They talk about his command in the huddle and his presence, and when he was visiting, he was calm but but cool and and confident in what mm-hmm. you do and I think you know Jimbo even said you you want this and this out of a quarterback he kind of changes what his number one thing is that he wants out of quarterbacks but he did mention presence this week and yeah. he, he kind of feels like James has that presence so I think that that could help him this week where yes he's at home and yes he's got playmakers around him but you're gonna have eyes as big as saucers and it's a huge first time for him on the field we've heard confidence and in, in- Bob, you, you mentioned confidence a couple times. That's, we've heard it all week from whether it's it's teammates, uh, whether it's Jimbo. Everyone likes the way James Blackman carries himself. They like his presence. Um, and that's something that dates back far beyond just coming to Florida State. He was like that as a recruit. He was like that as a player in high school. Uh, his dad told me when – for his guardian uh, – uh, told me when we were doing his legal guardian, said when, for the story I did on him earlier this week – is that James was getting people kind of hyped and, and ready to go before the game on, on Saturday against Alabama. And then coming to find out, I think it was Brian McFadden on mm-hmm. his show, he ended up saying the same thing. At first, I didn't know if that was legitimate or not. Yeah, you had some skepticism. I, about I, just, well, just because it's a freshman. So rare for a true freshman yes. to be that guy. But but he was. He, everyone <laughs> said he had the it factor. Everyone everyone has said before, like when you talk to him, like people aren't saying, oh, he can sling it, oh, he's an athlete. Everyone, the first thing they say is, hey, he's got poise. Yeah, and he seems steady and consistent. I think that's the best way of describing it. For a true freshman, that's a huge leap. I mean, so many guys, so much is being thrown at them that they struggle with it in the moment. He doesn't seem to be that guy. Now, I think the playbook has to be scaled back. I think he'll have some issues there. FSU's going to need to be an effective running team to have a balanced offense. But I think you come out slinging with him. I I think you let him get – the butterflies are going to be running rampant. They're going to run rampant for any guy, whether it's a true freshman or a redshirt junior. That first time out, you're going to have butterflies. I think you get out there, you let James get through that, and then let him be steady Eddie and hopefully manage the offense and get comfortable in a game setting. Because you can practice all damn day, but until you play it in the game setting, you're just not used to it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you, Chris. I say you let it rip with him. I mean, that's yeah. his strength. Because if you go back and watch what he did in high school, his strength was pushing the ball downfield. He was I mean you thought DeAndre Francois stood and took some shots you know, stood in the pocket and, and took some shots in you know last year or so James did that all through high school like he yeah. didn't have a very good offensive line that's been well documented uh, and for a guy that's 6'5 180 pounds soaking wet like he did not mind taking shot and, and staying in the pocket to deliver the ball 
Uh, so if you're Florida State, like let him get hit a little bit. And Jimbo did that when Jameis Winston was his first game. He called a quarterback run on that first series to get Jameis Winston hit to settle him down. This isn't going to be Jimbo coddling someone, I don't yeah. think. I haven't gotten that presence. I think, he, he's gone above yeah. and beyond all week, whether it was Wednesday teleconference, speaking to us on Monday, uh, you know, just other comments made by Jimbo on different uh, appearances. He's not changing the offense. He's we, not, we're going to yeah. do what we do is kind of his consistent theme when he's talking about FSU with life with James Blackman. So it's pretty clear he doesn't want to make some huge departure from what they were going to be walking in the door this year. Now, James's skill set and DeAndre's skill set, there are slight differences. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to play to those differences. Jimbo does that really well, though, right. playing to the differences. I, I don't think you see FSU become a run-heavy offense all no. of a sudden. Nope. I mean, I think they're capable of being that. If they had to, if a game mm-hmm. dictated them being that, they could do Unless that. Unless it's Alabama. <laughs> but I don't think you're going to see well, – <laughs> we're moving on from that, Brandon. <laughs> um, I, don't see the, I don't see the offense – being different than what we would have expected if DeAndre Francois was playing quarterback. Yeah, I, I In agree. fact, I think you might see him try to go vertical even a little more. bit more. Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree. Have you guys been surprised with the way Jimbo has, has not just talked about him, but consistently talked about him? He's not, he's not trying to soften the blow. He's not trying to give low expectations for James Blackman. Just yesterday on his call-in show, he said on, on Wednesday – that he, as far as being able to retain information, he's been around some great ones uh, and some really good ones, and James is right up there. Like, that's pretty high praise. Uh, are you guys thinking that's hyperbole, or is Jimbo legitimately believing that James is is, is special? I'll use a Jimboism to respond. It's it, The truth is somewhere in the middle. I think Jimbo's maybe gone off the deep Can end. Can you do that in a Jimbo voice? No. <laughs> Bob Chad. <laughs> I, I, I do think we have to maybe temper the expectations a little bit because it is going to be a first start, and mm-hmm. he is a true freshman. He's not a red shirt. He hasn't had the apprentice year. But I, I do think Jimbo can tell when he's got a quarterback who's got something special. Yeah. And I think he figured it out in the camp last summer, 2016, when he saw him. And then when he ran him through the, a little bit of the playbook and the terminology, um, you know, mentioning I'm going to rapid-fire questions at you and make you regurgitate it mm-hmm. and see what you've actually retained. That was interesting. And yeah. I think when, when you can see a young guy who hasn't played in the offense be able to retain something that you just kind of spit at him, mm-hmm. that, that tells you a little bit about what you've got. You just don't have the, the physical, yes, 6'5", yes, strong arm over the top, all that. I, I think this is, this is really going to be interesting how Jimbo and the staff – I don't, I don't think the offense is going to be – the playbook can't be as as big as it was when Francois was playing. That's, that's obvious. No, that's, that's going to be but scaled I, I down. Think, yeah. I think something that uh, some of the quarterbacks that played for Randy Sanders have mentioned in past years was that they know that Randy's a teacher at heart, just like Jimbo is. But Randy knows what to give you, how much to give you, mm-hmm. make sure you can find success. That he's a film room, meeting room guy and that he will kind of bring a young quarterback along mm-hmm. and not overwhelm you. I think, yes, Jimbo's going to be all in, very intense and all that. I think Randy's kind of the complete opposite. Yes, he's, 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 he's more yeah, laid he back. Is. He's the balancing act. And that's, that's kind of an interesting little relationship. And I, I think we'll see a little bit of Randy going, okay, relax, mm-hmm. settle in. You they're going to keep Randy down on the Here's field, the right? For our belief, we should probably ask Jimbo. But yeah, I think well, Randy was on the field against Alabama. Against Alabama, Which is yeah. a departure from how they've done it in past years. It's usually Randy and Bill Miller as the eyes in the sky. That was not the case. I think Tim Brewster may get moved up to the box to be the offensive eyes in the sky. Mm-hmm. But Randy is a hands-on teacher. And Randy's sort of a cool, calm, easygoing customer who... On to the next play. What did you do to last play? Tell me what you saw, which is a big Jimbo thing. Tell me what you saw. But Randy does it as well. 
and then let's move on do what we can do right and I think that as we just said Randy with Jimbo is a huge balancing act we've had coaches that worked here previously and current coaches all tell us that Randy is the best balancing act Jimbo has had in his time at Mm -hmm. FSU as far as offensive play calling and kind of running the offensive a guy that kind of keeps him calm keeps him cool focused on the moment and can you know say something to him when it needs to be said and it's hurt so I think that's a huge asset for Blackman because there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be woes. But I think Sanders is the kind of guy that helps balance out the fiery competitiveness that Jimbo obviously has and Blackman supposedly has from what we've been told with kind of the cool, calm, collected, let's do this. You're learning on the job, but it's time to go. Uh, I'm going to ask you something, Chris, related to Blackman, and it's about his recruitment. So We haven't planned for this, so if you don't know, just say you don't know. We'll punt it and move on. Uh, going back, they had Bailey Hawkman committed first. Yeah. Right? Were, were they expecting to take two in that class, or was that a deal where James came in in the camp and they. I, I think Malik, Malik Henry's flakiness contributed <laughs> to the need for two quarterbacks in that class. I, I think, you know, if you're looking at it 12 months before James comes to that camp, it's unlikely they're taking two quarterbacks in that class. Yeah. You know, it's Bailey and they're done. Bailey's a kid that had come to their camp after, I believe it was a sophomore season, mm-hmm. earned an offer at FSU, was always high on them, committed, you know, relatively early. James was a guy they kind of kept up with. They liked. They got into camp. He worked out. He blew their socks off, mm-hmm. you know, and then it came down that he committed a couple weeks after that camp. Um, James Blackman's probably not here if Malik Henry is still here or DeAndre Johnson is still here. The quarterback dynamic at FSU obviously isn't very good in the sense where they're now relying on a true freshman. Yeah. The reason we got here is because of well, there's a lot DeAndre of, a lot of incident, Malik Henry's issues off the field. J.J. Cosentino's J.J. Yeah, J.J. J.J. Has, hasn't developed and isn't very good. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if the term game manager is even no. viable. No, you can't because he, he struggles to even hand the ball yeah. off. I don't want to shit on the kid, but right, right. It's, it's not. Yeah, Sorry, so, earmuffs. So here we are. We're here with a true freshman quarterback who certainly has a nice little skill set. Mm-hmm. Probably going to have some struggles at times, but will also do some things that impress. It's going to be interesting. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of intrigue. He's playing a preseason game, for lack of a better term, this week. ULM's bad. Let's get the butterflies yeah. out. Yeah. Let him do things that he's comfortable with to get some you know, early tempo and some confidence and then Throw some things out. Yeah, push him to be uncomfortable, yeah. too, at times. I think that's and what Jimbo's going is, to do. If he screws up, you can go and look at the film. Yeah, yeah And exactly. the film teaches you better than anything. Doing it once, watching the film, if he's the kind of kid that they describe him as where he absorbs things, listens, processes well, that's going to be a huge learning curve for him. You know, they always talk about between the first and the second game, the guys learn more than any other time in their mm-hmm. career. Well, because you have something to, to apply all of a sudden. Because yeah, Alabama wasn't his first game. It was going there and handing it mm. off to Cam He Andrews. did that real. I mean, he did that better than J.J. Cosentino has. Hey, 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 <laughs> he calms himself. But, but, he, but he legitimately has. But, I mean, that, that's where we're at. For Blackman, it's go get him 60 offensive plays and then go watch a film. All right. So, one thing for just put this into context, like I think the fan base is really excited about James Blackman, and, and I think there's reason to be excited. I think we all can agree on that. Everyone's shaking their head right now. Um, but don't go out expecting 25-27 Jameis Winston, Pittsburgh. Like, that's yeah, not, he's not going Pittsburgh. No, he's not. And even if he does, it's against ULM. So yeah, like, let's, like, Jameis had a year of practices, yeah. a spring, a preseason. James Blackman has four 
basically four weeks of prep. And Jameis is also prodigious, like yeah. you know, every decade type of quarterback. Like not just at Florida State, but we you black know, men remember good football. times and realize that as bad times will get better. Yep. I think that's the best way of looking that's at good. a true freshman yep. quarterback point. And you don't want to destroy a true freshman. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do to a true freshman is annihilate their confidence and you know throw them in the flame, keep throwing them back. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of quarterbacks get screwed up in college football because they play real early in their career and their confidence gets shattered and they don't bounce back. Now Jimbo's fairly good at kind of coddling guys, handling it, tearing them down, but also building them up. Yeah. I think you'll see them be extra uh, focused on handling black men in a correct manner mm-hmm. because that's who he's going to ride this year. He's made that decision. That's his guy. And last, last year, when they were talking about DeAndre and kind of putting stuff on his plate as a redshirt freshman, that's the same thing Jimbo would, would push out as far as much as he could with far yeah. as, you know, what, what can you digest? What can you execute? Hit your limit and then bring you back. Yeah. And that's what we're going to see with, with James Blackman. Um, I mean, this is something like that is legitimate. Josh told us last week he had a really good intel on on Blackman, basically saying like that this guy was really good in the preseason. So this isn't a... Oh, now all of a sudden he's being thrust into it and you have no other options. It wasn't ideal that he was going to be your number two just because that, that's a lot I think about, you know, J.J. Cosentino. But the fact that he went from enrolling in the summer and jumping over Bailey Hockman, who was dealing with an injury, but still he jumped over Bailey Hockman decisively enough, jumped over J.J. Cosentino, so it's a guy who was here in the spring and a guy who's been here for three years, to put himself in this position, there's some legitimate um, – Confidence and buzz with, with with James Blackman. The second scrimmage of the preseason when is when the buzz happened. Yes, Jimbo kind of came out without without anybody really pushing him for it. Yes, and that's remember, how you know I with Jimbo. Us afterwards speaking on it, I go, I, I just don't see him playing. He's so thin. Yeah. You know, he's got to develop some. I think it's somewhat coach speak. I was wrong. I mean, I mean we're, we're, we're three weeks removed from those comments, and there's a lot of people that are supporting. Uh, those I comments. think we had all kind of dismissed. And even before camp, that that James or that James, yeah. oh, I missed Justin. I, was, I, I was <laughs> so convinced close. that either true freshman quarterback would play just because history tells us they won't. Yeah. Well, you know, when a guy's kneecap does what DeAndre Francois yeah. did, but we didn't think that James would even be not. We thought break, you know, break in case of emergency was going to be him. And Bob had said that was it was going to be Bailey Hockman. It made sense. He was is a coach's son, a guy who had been there since the spring, at least had some time. Um, and I don't know if it was the you know, the injury he was dealing with. I think Jim was at his thumb. I thought it shoulder too, but it basically yeah, he had a hard time. Back in on like August 23rd, he said shoulder. shoulder. Here this past week, he said he was also dealing with a thumb injury. He said his thumb was making him throw well. So. It's, it's Jimbo Ankle. injuries. You Ankle. never quite know until you talk to the kid and he tells you exactly what it was. Um, but I think the injury helped open the door for James. I think James did a great job of kicking of season. the door down. So that's where it's something in between where there was an opportunity. He seemed to seize it. I'm excited to see him play on Saturday. It's definitely added a little bit of, of, of juice to... It, and it's funny. It's a good transition. This game's always the freshman audition game. Yeah. All those guys you didn't see week one that you want to see that are newcomers, you throw them out there into it this week, and obviously this team's going to be led by one of those. But, you know, we only saw, what, six true freshmen play against Alabama. We'll probably see another... 10 to 15 play this week. I was going to say, I think they could get to a dozen freshmen. Who, who are we looking at at maybe outside of Cam Akers, Blackman, Sanford Samuels, Joshua Kando, Leonard Warner we saw on special teams, and Hamsa. Yep. So six. Who else do you think we, we're going to see? I, I kind of forgot that Leonard Warner did play. I was like special teams, special teams, but maybe you see him. I, I guess I want to see Leonard Warner on defense yeah. now. Is, is kind of my answer. I, I think he's a he's a guy who's got a, a pretty high ceiling. The staff has been really high on him through the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is a situation where the defense on the first team they're probably only going to play a half, maybe a, a drive or two in, a, in the third quarter. Let's start seeing guys who are the backups and the second teamers. I'd like to see Leonard Warner for sure. 
Um, you know, the other one is, is Tamorian Terry. We've talked a lot about him in August. He was super impressive in the open practice and um, mm-hmm. just in those open portions of practices, was catching passes consistently, was running good routes. You know, you saw a body that was um, had that odd and tape height, but not the build. So I think as this receiving group, we've seen it goes four deep. Mm-hmm. We need to kind of see who's the number five guy, who's the number six guy. Is DJ Matthews ready to contribute? Is that hamstring healthy or is it Tamorian? I think those are two guys, one on each side of the ball. Uh, I'll add Trey McKitty to that, and I think yeah. him, he's a guy that's legitimately he's on the depth chart, which was kind of the only guy that they had a, a third, a clear third string guy on that too deep. Yeah, because it's technically not too deep if you have three. But we all know Maven's plenty talented, but Maven also has moments where he does things wrong. It will be interesting to see if they kind of, you know, they give Maven a shot. He struggles. They give Trey a shot. See what he can do because yeah. their skill set is sort of similar. And McKitty, I mean, can can go out and Jimbo said play a little receiver like mm-hmm. if you need, and we you know. Bob just mentioned the the depth at receiver. They go four deep. You want to see if there's someone else. Like I mean, it just couldn't hurt to get him on the field, see what he does. Um, he's a guy. You mentioned DJ Matthews. I wonder how far along he is uh, coming from the hamstring. You know, Jimbo said that he was a little slow. I think we're going to see a couple, at least one of the other freshman running backs in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see if they play both of them, burn shirts. Kalen LeBron, I think I think you see Kalen. Um, yeah. they, they like him. I, I'm pretty convinced at this point that we'll see Zaquandre White. Probably redshirt, um, but I don't know. They try not to redshirt skill. You're guys, right. You're so right. It's do. always kind of like you know I expect it. Like I think if I was picking a guy to redshirt in his class other than Brady Scott, it would probably be Trey Lawson. Oh, he's definitely going. And to then after yeah, that, yeah. I kind of struggle to say I, I definitively think this guy will redshirt. Kalen maybe based on Dekalen Brooks yeah, and how he's his knee is. Yeah, Ontario Wilson's really good athlete, so I don't think you do. I think he has value at, in some Later form on. or fashion, yeah. whether it's special teams or something else. Oh, no, we could see a bunch bunch of. I said twelve, but I could be wrong. I mean, yeah. uh, we, we're probably up to twelve just off the top of our head of guys that we think will play, and that's. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Marvin. Um, oh, that's right. Marvin Will is a five star. Yeah, <laughs> this is I mean, the guy. Yeah. ULM, while they're not talented, has some beef up front. So I don't think we'll see the other the Newberry guys this year. I mean, maybe later on, but there's just Durden and Parks. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, one, it's going to be dictated by the score. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a romp in the third quarter, Jimbo's going to empty that bench. Justin Motlow is going to be running free on vertical routes in the fourth quarter. But uh, you know. If it's a tight game late, he's going to depend on the guys he trusts. Yeah. So it kind of is all dictated. If it's by a that. tight game late, then there's, <laughs> then there's hey, some. Man, those meager years I, of Drew Weatherford at quarterback, I they know. had some tight ones I on know. those week two we'll games. See. Uh, the Troys of the world and those types. Jimbo are. was asked about Cam Akers being a Wildcat quarterback on the coach's show. And I swear, man, he gives better answers for that coach's show. He likes those people better than he us. does. But he's talking to the people, he's talking to the same people, whether it's through us or not. He's just, uh, whatever. But he, yeah, he basically. They ask a question better than you, Brendan. I, I mean, that is true. I do stutter and stuff. They exude confidence. The guy yesterday told Jimbo, he's like, Jimbo, we still love you. And Jimbo responds, uh, thanks. <laughs> um, but Jimbo said that that Acres, you know, people are asking about the Wildcat. I don't think we're going to see that just yet. They want to get him a lot of touches. I don't think that we're going to see that anytime soon, guys. If we do, you know, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, you uh, also don't break out something like that against ULM unless you really want to test test it, it and see it. Yeah. But uh, that to me, FSU is very much will test it in practice and then throw it at the opponent. If they're testing it against ULM, that means they're I mean, going to run it a ton. That's going to be like Miami was Dolphins. It Golson with the option pitch against UM, yeah, yeah. and that was the first time all year and about the only time all year we saw that, but it was a huge play. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where Jimbo kind of likes keeping one up his sleeve once in a while and going with it. He's not a king of trick plays, 
He'll roll the dice here. It's going to be an interesting dynamic for the Miami game with them next week. If that when we're looking at stuff right now, like maybe that's going to be moved up. But, but yeah, it, who, who knows, knows with the other Hurricane Jose or whatever it is in the in the Atlantic right now? But yeah, and what mean, Irma does down there and impacts Miami practice and all that. There's so many moving parts. Yeah. So but you know Miami's basically not. I mean they're not playing against Arkansas State this week. So then you know they got Bethune Cookman as a tune up, and then they haven't had to show anything. Florida State's yeah. had to show what it can do. But they also haven't been able to practice. I think since Tuesday. That'll yeah. So I guess that's who knows a wash. when they'll get back on and the who, field. Yeah. So. Who knows where we go? Um. One last question, guys. Uh, going back to the freshmen and kind of this going to tie everything up with the quarterbacks. Say Florida State does get a nice little lead. Um. You know, obviously you don't want you know James Blackman there too long. Who's the quarterback? That comes off if, say, Florida State's up by 30 points in the fourth quarter. I think Constantino gets a little burn, and I think we might see a great mustache of Jake Rizzo take the field. So you don't, think, think, you don't think Bailey I, Hockman? I think at this point you try to redshirt Hockman and create a separation between him and Blackman for years, like, you know, being a redshirt freshman and true freshman type – or true freshman playing in a redshirt yeah. freshman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but then again, on the flip side of that, James is one play away from being done for the year or hurt, so you have to get the next guy up prepared, and obviously they don't trust Constantino. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, I think we'll have a real good idea of who's going to be a redshirt candidate after this game. That's so. true. Yeah, we will. I agree with everything you said about the premise of staggering the quarterbacks. I just I have no trust in J.J. moving forward. What about Rizzo? I, I would like he didn't to even see dra- He didn't even develop. dress out the other day. Yeah, but you oh, also you walked got in that game with DeAndre Francois. Everything's changed without Francois. No. I think I think it's interesting to see if Rizzo can do it in practice. And that's what we are just not sure of. Has Rizzo done it and shown it enough in practice? I think at this moment, if Hawkman is healthy, he plays. If there's a shoulder or thumb issue, no reason to play. Yeah. I think I think Hawkman will play on Saturday. If Florida State's in a position to. Because you only have one guy behind behind James Blackman now, I think you need to kind of run see what you have with the other guy too because now that's your last line of defense if you get to some you know if the 165 pound quarterback doesn't hold up all season like then it's i don't want to keep shit 169 pounds do not cheat james blackman of those 64 <laughs> valuable it's ounces. like me when i tell people i'm five nine it's, it's i'm really five eight and a half but you gotta round up when you're that short you yeah. gotta every little bit matters uh yeah it's i mean it's a crap game, but it's got a lot of intrigue because you got a new quarterback playing. You're going to see a lot of freshmen. This is the best case scenario as far as us as a, like beat writers being able to have yeah, stuff to talk about. Out of our yes, this is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the circumstances surrounding it, you know, uh, you don't stinks want to, for yeah. Andre. I mean, glad he had a good surgery on Tuesday and hopefully he bounces back. And you know, Jimbo's saying five to seven months for people that are interested at home. As yeah, they, I don't think we see him do a whole lot of football activities in the spring. He might no. be throwing. He might be running straight ahead, but no. There's no chance he puts on pads. Right. Maybe. We'll we'll see. Jim, like Jimbo says, everyone deals differently. All right, guys. We'll end it on on a nice cliche. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for for listening to the podcast. Sorry we were a little bit lighter on recruiting because there's just not a whole lot going on. The storm's kind of backtrack stuff with recruiting. We had hoped to talk visitors, but most kids I've dealt with this week who said they were hoping to come up, you know, a lot of them are from mid to South Florida, and that's all impacted by travel and Irma, so... That's all up in the air, so I don't want to tell you guys something that's not going to actually happen. Plus, Florida State moving the game to noon. And that remember, yeah. folks, the game is at noon. Uh, you can go and check Knowles247.com. We have uh, how to watch it, You know what channel it's going to be on. Um, so check it out. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks to Bob, Chris, for joining me. Um, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Everyone be safe, please, with the storm. Uh,
safety over football. All right. With the Knowles 24 seven podcast, I'm Brendan Snow. Thanks for listening.